2: Boogie well, hates racism and Chris
1: Paul, and who cannot get on board with that platform?
2: If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not
1: going to say it, that sounds too good. No, Roll no. Ro- no, no, I
2: no, 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 no. no, they they no.
1: <laughs> if the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Ty Windish. And I'm very thankful to be joined by Rohan Kadi. Rohan, happy belated Thanksgiving. And we've got a lot to be thankful for. The Bucks, after really rope-a-doping us against Cleveland, have come out, beat the Cavs, a good team, beat the Mavericks as we record tonight, Sunday night. Another good team and some fun stuff to talk about in these games. So, sir, how are you doing and how was your Thanksgiving?
2: My Thanksgiving was great. It was great seeing friends, family. It's a good time. You know, embrace your loved ones during the holidays, yeah. no matter what you celebrate. Um, but yeah, it was good. Uh, hopefully you had fun with you and yours, Ty. Uh, but it was, it was a fun time. And of course we're thankful for the Milwaukee Bucks and their winning ways. But, uh, before we go anywhere yes. or start anything, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this, watching this YouTube podcast platform of choice. Just, you know, Tap, tap a follow subscribe button depending on your on your uh, on platform, your platform. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's very simple. And I want to say, you know, I I think I speak for all of us, not just here, but at GSPN at large. Very thankful for all you listeners, because of course it would be pretty boring without you guys. Quite honestly, it would just be like, like I don't know, would we just call each other on the phone and talk? Maybe we would, but it, I think it would still be fun. But it's not as fun. And and we're right now, if you're not aware, we're doing a giveaway. So if you're not yet in the GSPN Discord, go to GSPN.info. Join that bad boy. Win a Wisconsin Herd signed basketball. We'll mail it to you. All you have to do is join the Discord. Go to the new giveaway entry channel. It's at the bottom. It's the last text channel. Just drop in your favorite memory or part about this or any GSPN podcast. We'll pick a winner sometime in December to send that ball to We've got double-digit entries already after announcing this last week right before a holiday week, so appreciate everyone who's gotten in there already. And if you haven't yet, if you're a new listener, if you've been around since the early Rohan and Thai days or the early, early Adam and Jordan and Ty days, whatever it may be, feel free to join, enter. We appreciate you all. We are thankful for all of you. So thanks.
2: Yeah, for sure. I echo everything Ty just said. And thankful for all of you. Make sure you get in on that. But Ty, let's talk about some Bucks basketball, and specifically, yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the big double D's that are <laughs> propelling oh, no. the Bucks to victory right oh, now. Oh no, defense That's, and depth.
1: Oh <laughs> Rohan, ah, oh, I mean, who isn't thankful for the big double D's propelling the Bucks? Am I right? Let's talk about it: defense and depth, defense and the deep bench as we have in the in the podcast title here. Um, the parents, I know we have parents who listen. They're turning this off in disgust already. No, I feel like, it, it, whatever. Um, which, which one should we hone in on first? Defense? Wait, maybe defense, just because I think it won't take too long to cover this. But it's it's worth discussing. I don't know if we've talked about it enough. It's kind of defense is to the Bucks like three or four factors as Giannis is to the players. We're like, yeah, the defense is great, thankfully. Let's spend 40 minutes on how the offense could be better and what's working and what's not working. The defense is, as we have said, the reason the Bucs are, what are they now, 14-5, and five, one of the best yeah. records in the NBA. I think the second best in the league now. Only Boston is better, and Boston is a freaking buzzsaw. But Brook Lopez, I think you have to start with him when you're talking about defense. What do you have against Dallas? Four blocks again? Six blocks against Cleveland? Like we know blocks aren't everything. Like that's, it's not an equal correlation. But with Brook, it kind of is. And really, I think we've talked about in years past, like he can be a great rim defender without blocking the ball. I think it speaks to how spry he's looking that he's still defending the rim at a high level outside of the blocks, but also just swatting things left. He had a chase down. Against I, Dallas. <laughs> When's the last time Brooke Lopez had a chase down block? Like I didn't that know dude, he could run I didn't know he could run that fast. He looks he legitimately like looks better every game. It's wild. Like they're not giving him nights off. He's playing a bunch. He's playing a lot of minutes. Only 23 in this game because of some foul trouble and because the Mavs were just stretching him out a little bit. So he's out on the perimeter at the top of the key. What does he do? Gets a steal, kinda locks up Luca before he gets called for a foul he is doing everything that man is dpoy i don't think it should be close and thankfully you know even without the homer bias that that we may have you know people aren't saying it's not close but i think i am seeing a lot of sentiment around the league from coverage like yeah that guy should be dpoy so far he is by far the most impactful defensive player in the league i think there's no debating it like he he is the straw that stirs the drink, one of your favorite new expressions, for the Bucs defense.
2: He, he truly is. And I've seen I've seen a lot of sentiment like, oh, how is Brook going to be able to win defensive player of the year when he has, like, maybe the best guard defender in the league on his maybe team? Maybe the drafted. best, too. And, and uh, yeah, and maybe the most versatile defender in the league in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Also on his team, yeah. but just the way that Brook is contesting shots at the rim. I believe he leads the league in contested shots at the rim
1: yep. uh, this season. Pretty sure, yeah.
2: It's it's remarkable what he's doing. The way that the Bucks play defense in a drop scheme and, and try to let people challenge Brook. They can challenge Brook all they want, Ty, but it's not going to work. It's not going to work at all. It hasn't worked this season. And that's why Brook is probably the defensive player of the year, as you said. However,
1: Giannis, looks, Giannis looked amazing in this Dallas game. He did. My thing with Giannis is I, he's a great defender. There's just so many plays where he just clearly doesn't try. And I get it. I'm not criticizing him for it. But, like, there's just once or twice a game, it feels like, especially, you know, games against teams like the Bulls, who the Bucks lost to partially for this reason. You know, maybe the less competitive games. Where you just see, like, he's clearly the guy who should close out to a shooter, and he just doesn't. And it's like, you know, I understand. He, I, I, we'll, we'll get to offense. Kind of problematic. He leads the league in usage percentage. I feel like there's this storyline of, you know, Luca's usage percentage is way too high, and Beads is super high. Those guys are three and two, respectively. Giannis, number one, heading into the Mavs game. It's kind of a problem. He's probably being asked to do a or at least doing too much. I don't know if he's asked to do too much, but. Um, he's a great defender. I do think Brook's possession-to-possession defensive impact stands out more. Also, it helps, you know, the Bucks' defense is really built to rely on Brook in a way it's not for Giannis. I think the reason there is obvious. One, Brook does defend the rim better than Giannis. Not in, no one in the league, maybe Gobert, but otherwise. Not uh, this season. No, not. <laughs> well, a lot going on in Minnesota, the 10-10 and 10 Timberwolves. Um, but he's just like he's so good at being that force down there. And you're obviously not asking as much of Brooke on the offensive end. He's come through there a ton this season, which is great. But I, I do think Brooke to me clearly, even with Giannis and Drew on the team and Javon Carter on the team, has stood out as like, okay, he's that dude on defense and on offense, like all star. All star. Oh, yeah. Point contest. Oh, yeah. MVP candidate, what, most important player. The, Every what center
2: playing? What center, let's say in the East, is playing better than
1: Brooke? It's Embiid, and that's it. Embiid's not playing right now. Oh, f- okay. You know what? Fair. Miles Turner. Over the last week, he's really trying no. to. He's really trying to speed up this trade thing, man. <laughs> he he wants to be.
2: He's already bought a home in LA. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, he's trying to figure out uh, who's going to take. Uh, who's going to do the moving with him and Buddy Hield? Trying to split the. Split the split the load.
1: <laughs> split the e-ball. Uh,
2: yes, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Brook just as a defender, as it's just I, I you, you're right when you said it up top. I feel like it's easy to say, yeah, they're do they're doing a good job, but it's also like, what more can we say about it at this point? I mean, I guess we can talk about it in the context of the Bulls game because uh, I did not catch that game. You did. I caught some highlights. But it seemed like the Bucks had sort of reverted to their old scheme in the sense that they were overhelping on screening actions and stuff like that and not allowing sort of Brooke to be trusted in that role. Not to say like he's not trusted, but in you you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like not yeah, uh, yeah. not letting people just go challenge Brooke. They're trying to do too much around that. And that was part of their downfall. Was that, Would you say that's accurate?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. I think it stood out uh, in that Bulls game for sure. You know, certainly in the Sixers game that they also lost the week before, you know, that one was even more blatant because it's like Embiid who's on Brook. At one point, he was like 9 for 22 in that game. And the Bucs are just sending these really lazy double teams. And it's like, don't do that. Like, if there's anyone on the team you should trust one-on-one, it's Brook Lopez. And obviously, Drew and Giannis are up there, too. But I do think you look around this team and it's like, OK, the level of defenders the Bucks have, you really don't need to help. Most of the time, and especially when they want to go late and like insert a guy like Wesley Matthews, George Hill, who holds up okay if if not, he's not stopping anyone, but he's a good positional defender at this point. Um, Pat Connaughton, I think, has had a great defensive season. We'll talk more about Pat in a bit, but I'll say I, I think they did a little bit too much of that against Chicago as well. Kind of just a lazy effort against the Bulls too. I really liked the way they approached Luka Doncic in the Mavericks game tonight. Felt Sorry, like how'd you pronounce that? Luka Doncic. Yeah.
2: Uh, someone should tell Lisa that. <laughs> Luka Doncic. Doncic. Does she say Doncic, or Doncic.
1: Something? I love you, Lisa, but that was, That's, yeah. that was a, little, uh, a little rough. Um But no, what, what did you think about that? The way they basically – I think the correct terminology is they're showing on pick and rolls. But basically like they're putting two guys in front of Luka and trying to cover the passing and shot angles – but what I liked is they weren't actually switching most of the game. Like Drew or Wes would then get back to him and they would just rotate around behind. Like they gave up some em- some open looks because of this. I do like that approach to guarding a superstar like Luka better than just sending a double. Like, you know, let, let the screener defender help a little bit, but then get back. Like, don't just let him pick you apart. It didn't always work. And I mean, the Mavs scored a lot of points. Luka had 12 assists and... Nearly thirty points, as one does, but I did think you know I thought it worked well enough, and I thought it was something we don't usually see from Milwaukee.
2: Yeah, and they did they did go to more of a switch ex- scheme on Luka pick and rolls in the fourth quarter a lot. Uh, I think our when they our went buddy, tiny, yeah, our buddy Jake Reitz uh, pointed that out is because uh, Luca Luca tends to go in more isolation heavy in the fourth quarter, um, so it's easier to switch those actions. But it, it's it's interesting you point that out because. A lot of the other actions, like off-ball actions and just like non-Luka involved screens, the Bucks were switching those. They were happy to switch those early, which is why you saw a lot of Brook Lopez cross matches and stuff like that, and where you would even see possessions where Giannis was on Luka and stuff like that. And Giannis, the one possession that he had that was uh, uh, stood out in particular, he clamped up Luka. (laughs) Yeah, that That clip
1: was going around for sure.
2: But uh, yeah, it's it's. It's interesting to see the the bucks like we've talked about this for the last couple of seasons now. the Bucks just throwing out multiple defensive schemes in one game and it's like, oh okay, cool. they're just trying to get ready by their time for the playoffs so they'll be ready for anything and it's actually good to see that being put in practice because this the Dallas Mavericks are probably the most layoffesque regular season uh, regular season team. yeah right when you say that because they entirely play like their postseason team that's just how you play with Luca. Yeah. It's just a lot of Luca, do everything please, and
1: uh <laughs> let's see how it works. Yeah. No, yeah, and that's a good point. Brooke has not defended the most shots. Well this is within six feet, so maybe he has. But like I looked at the NBA dashboard, Kelly O'Linick has defended 170 shots within six feet, which is most in the league. That, uh, I don't think, is going really well for, for the Mavericks. Or, excuse me, for the Jazz. Uh, yeah, the
2: Jazz 2-7 and seven in their last nine, I think.
1: Adam uh, might have celebrated need, too early. I need that under to hit. I, <laughs> I need know. that under to hit, man. I know you know. I don't <laughs> think it will. I think they've done too much already, but I would I would like that. Brooke is holding players within six feet of the rim to minus 11.3%. Versus their average on those shots against anyone else, so they're shooting fifty-one percent against Brook within that range, which is pretty far and away the best among any player who has defended at the volume he has. The next closest actually is Paolo Bancaro, who has held opponents to fifty-one percent within six feet. Uh, does it a lot less, but shout out to Paulo. who's really and hopefully can play more and be healthy, but really had an awesome season for Orlando. But anyway.
2: The magic are tanking (laughs) dang.
1: If they had Wemby, dude, like John Hammond is gonna just like that's all he's ever wanted. Wemby at like the two over there, it's gonna be Mm -hmm. it's gonna be fun. Anyway, back to the Bucks, back to the defense. Also, I just think like sometimes maybe we overcomplicate covering the Bucks. They just have like all good to great defenders. The worst defender they play, you know, let's let's Toss aside Mamu, who's played like eight minutes a game lately. No, no offense, Mamu. Love you. You know, it's a stacked team of defenders. It's probably Grayson Allen. And Grayson Allen has been good on defense lately. Who are you thinking?
2: Uh, number 13.
1: Oh, I wasn't even counting him. as. I think he's playing now. Yeah, I guess that's fair. It's probably Wara. Wara has been solid, too. Oh, we're going to get into the war yeah. combo. I don't know. You're not seeing what I'm seeing. Not really. Wow. Can
2: vi- t- 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 tell me tell me the tell me the war Can We just skip right? to
1: this now, the war. No, thing. No, wait,
2: no, we 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 won't do the entire thing. Just tell me de- defense.
1: Oh, he's just he's fine. I, I don't have a whole. He's been forcing some steals. He's been more active in in opposing passing lanes. He's working harder on that end. I I think we had generally agreed he went from a glaring negative on defense to like, oh yeah, he's okay. He's fine. That's, I don't think he's good on defense. All of a sudden, I think he's okay. Okay, that's fair. He fits in better. I, I don't. I don't oh, notice yeah. him as much. There's. Men, there's much less plays these last like two weeks or so where you're like, oh god, Wara clearly Wara blew that whole thing up on either end. I just feel like he's just like, oh yeah, he's you know he's not he's not excelling at every game, but he's not he's not like a glaring like oh god that's an issue.
2: I think I think this this Mavs game is just a little
1: too fresh in my head. Where it, when he came in, he just got immediately targeted. Yeah, I mean, again, that's that. Yeah, that's but again, that's that's because Chris is not in.
2: Yeah, and it and it's play. your your play, and you're playing against
1: Luka. That's what I mean. Yeah, I, like in this situation, like the way the Mavs play, and a guy like Luka, I mean, he can target a lot of players that normally hold up, and then suddenly they won't hold up as well. I will say. Grayson Allen held up pretty well. He did. He That's held just, up I'm very well. got to talking about Grayson in general. I mean, what a game. Starts out seven for seven from deep. It's the best. I think it's the only time a player made seven without missing any in, the, in one half in it's the last tied. 25 tied. years. Yeah. Oh, really?
2: Yeah. I think according to ESPN stats and info, you keep talking, I'll pull it up.
1: Regardless of what it was, to start seven for seven from three, And of course, you know, these things usually don't carry over. He ends seven for eight from three, eight for 10 from the field. But 25 points, five assists, two rebounds, which is actually low. Usually you see him in the rebound category even more. Two steals and a block, no turnovers. Like really close to a perfect game from Grayson Allen. Exactly what you want to see. Use the athleticism on defense first and foremost. Really fight. Don't give up. You know, force turnovers, which he was doing around the rim. And offensively, just shoot when you're open. That's all you got to do is if you are open and you catch the basketball, let that thing go. That's what he did. And I think the results speak for themselves. I think 80% of his shots being threes is a little high. But the way he was shooting, obviously, you'll certainly take it. But he had a nice drive in there, too. He got fouled going to the rim. He's looked more in control within the arc, which is good.
2: Yes, and uh, to to clarify, Grayson Allen, this is according to ESPN Stats and Info, Grayson Allen, 7 for 7 uh, from deep uh, in the first half, is tied for the most threes made in a half without a miss over the last 25 seasons.
1: I wish I knew who else. I uh, know they're not. They, feels they, like they're they kind didn't. of slacking there. I would assume Clay Thompson and probably someone random. Dylan yeah, it's Brooks. It's going to be like yeah, Dylan Brooks.
2: <laughs> the Alonzo Trier. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god,
1: yeah. It's probably, uh, it's, it's Grayson and a bunch of guys against the Bucks
2: yeah, It's <laughs> Kyle Korver in that Hawks
3: game.
2: It's, yeah. uh, but uh, it's, it's, hey, it's funny that Grayson did this against a Jason Kidd coached
1: uh, uh, team. <laughs> yeah, you know, the math does add up on that
0: one. I will say that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: So uh, do you think Grace is playing better because of the trade rumors?
2: Uh, I saw – I can't remember who said this. Someone said uh, he looked at the housing market in Phoenix oh, yeah. and was like, oh, man, I got to play better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it, whether it's because of trade rumors or not, it's it's been a steady progression this entire season. Yeah. We've been seeing him put the pieces together. He's always had the shooting ability. Like he started off a little cold. But you and I were both confident that that was going to come back. He's yeah. a proven knockdown shooter. It's just the rest of his game fitting in with the rest of the Bucks, And that's what we started to see grow. Like you mentioned, his drives. And I don't even like, I'm not even mad that a lot of his shots, like 80% of his shots were outside. Because he did get uh, the defense bending towards him on his drives. And you know what he was doing? He was finding guys. He wasn't reckless. He wasn't turning the ball over like you mentioned. His passes were precise. His decision-making was precise. He was making the right reads. He was not uh, trying to finish over two guys at the rim. <laughs> he was making the good pass, and that's that's what I wanted to see, growth. He's more comfortable. He's more determined on his drives. And also, he was hitting shots off movement, tie. That's something that we pointed out, that he just has struggled with this season so far. Is just hitting threes off movement, but then when he was feeling it, it was like, oh my goodness, he's just hitting. He can he can hit threes from wherever now. To. He was
1: hitting threes from Nina. He, he's got good range. He was he was he was pulling up from. I'd say even farther than Brown Deer. Probably Minocqua. Manakwa. Okay, let's not Minocqua is a full quarter. I think that's that's a little bit too far. Uh, after the slow start, Grayson does now lead the Bucks in three point percentage and free throw percentage. Really? He missed the
2: league in free throw percentage.
1: Well, maybe not now. He missed two. Two for Did four, no. which is bizarre. Yeah, that might have, might have cost him. I, technically, Pat counted in his shot 100%, but less than one attempt per game in his three games. So I think we'll put that aside for now. Um, but yeah, Grayson playing well. Would love to see it continue as Chris gets healthy. We know that's been kind of a, a weird dynamic, but hopefully he can continue to, uh, to just – Take and make shots, and just not not worry about it, and fight on defense. That is important too. I will say, I it seemed like more than just like getting beat in the Boston series. It felt like the 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 compete wasn't there. I, I didn't feel like he looked the same. And obviously, it's harder against better competition. But I just thought in that Boston series, like I don't know if it was a confidence thing or what, but. He just wasn't even in position. Like, wasn't putting himself in positions to make plays on either end. So hopefully if he is still on the roster uh in the playoffs, he will be more comfortable, more able to do that. Speaking of guys who we are excited about being more comfortable covers, I think not deep bench anymore, but certainly coming into the year, we would say deep bench for this player and defense Javon Carter. I don't think we can say enough. Like, I think we, we just – I think all – the crazy thing is like everyone around the Bucks Bucks Twitter, like you don't get any pushback if you say something good about Javon Carter at this point. Like everyone is on the same page. Yeah, he's good. He's just a very good basketball player. I mean we came in worrying like will he play at all when they're healthy? Is he going to find minutes? Is he going to get squeezed out again? Now the convo is is he or Grayson going to be the fifth starter? And I think most people lean Javon at this point because of what he provides. It's just amazing guard defense. He is third on the bucks, shooting 41.6% from three, adding 9.4 points per game, 3.5 assists, 2.7 rebounds, and a steal and a half, 2.1 stocks per game, which is not close to the lead on the bucks because Brooke is at 3.6, but it is up there. Uh stocks are steals and blocks if you're unaware.
2: Not to be confused with the uh the buck stock market, That's which true. you can track oh. uh at gspn.info and tweet it after every game from at Eurostep Podcast.
1: Great, great plug. But I think the most exciting thing about Javon is just like, and we we really, I think, learned this for sure in that Thunder game. One of the most fun games of the season, of any season, I think, for covering the Bucks. But he's just like he can do so much on offense. And the league just didn't know. And it's kind of crazy. Like it's so cool. He fun. told us that time. He did tell us. He did and he told uh Jim Ozarski of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel it was a focus all off season. But it's just so cool for this to happen on the box where it felt like this was like you know, the heat this always happens. the, the warriors, right? Like these other teams that can always just uncover a guy. The Raptors are really good at this. Like someone shows up who's bounced around the league and suddenly like Oh, that's their sixth best player now. That must be nice. It's finally happened. Like it's it's really real. Thank God, Goran Dragic is an awful decision maker.
2: Thank uh, thank him every day for that. He's, mm. a, he's actually been playing pretty well. For
1: the he best. has been playing pretty well. I think it's fool's gold. Shout out to him. But I, I think I think we're much better off with Javon Carter.
2: I think so too. I think I think both parties won in that situation. Uh, but except yeah, the uh, the, except the Nets, except yeah, the, the, the original,
1: <laughs> the original other party did not win.
2: They, they, they were the one person involved in all this who lost on both guys, which tends
1: to happen with the Nets. It turns out,
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, Javon, like, I think it's pretty clear that he is set to be the starter for the rest of the season. Uh, you just like, just the way he plays defense. Just, I think it was pointed out after the Philly game last week. Uh, but having just having to go through Drew Holiday and Javon Carter, you lose like 10 seconds of the shot clock just immediately on every any given possession because you're just trying to get the ball up. You're trying to bring the ball up the court and then start to get into a set defense. Like That's part of the gambit here is you're not letting these teams get into an offensive flow. Let them even get into sets so they can run actions because all of a sudden there's like 10 seconds left on the shot clock. It's it's just wearing down the team. This is how this team is built. This team's identity is bulldog defense. I think no one embodies this team's defensive identity more than Javon Carter. Yeah. Like he is just coming out here. He's trying to make life hell for everyone else on the defensive end. And he's just trying to do what he needs to on offense and play with Giannis. Yeah. Like he javon Carter kind of embodies the entire
1: Milwaukee Bucks. He does. And and we said that right on that when we had him on the pod, right? Like and, and we talked about before and after that. He is a perfect culture fit. I think that's a lot of the reason why he's been able to take these developmental steps, get even better, and then just really assert himself at the NBA level. And I think, you know, he's not going to be taking 27 shots like he took against OKC. But I like Javon around double-digit attempts, I think is a good spot for the Bucs. I think this is a guy who, when the team is fully healthy, should be taking at least like eight shots a game. And the ball should be in his hands I think the lowest lows of the Bucks recently are like he takes four shots and doesn't really touch the ball against Chicago. He ends up with 9 in the Philly loss but doesn't really handle the rock a lot early in that game. And I think the offense just got stagnant and in general, I think some of their low the Bucks' lowest moments this year have been Drew and Giannis just taking all the shots, no ball movement and it's just, you know, those guys can just overcome a lot of good defense, but It's making life harder than it has to be. And I thought against Mavericks, it was a great example of move the ball. Look what the offense opens up that way. Let multiple guys get it. You know the ball is moving, right, if Grayson Allen is making seven threes in the first half because he's not creating his own. Like the ball is moving. They're they're getting him open. He's moving off the ball. He did a great job of that. Um, And I think Javon really helps that. Like I think he's a selfless player. He will get his couple of middies per game that – he just opens up a lot of space. He has a sneakily very good step back game and sidestep game that, you know, Drew his, obviously – His
2: entire pull-up game is yeah. ridiculously good.
1: And he's comfortable with it. Like his pull-up threes in transition are insane. Like he's going fast and he just like stops, kind of skids to a stop because of how fast he's going. But he's just so comfortable like any launch angle. It doesn't matter to him. Like – The shot, like, going out of bounds, like, damn near over the backboard. I know Drew made one as well that was great. But, like, Javon hits those, too. It's just he's so comfortable just with any shot on offense. It's been a delight to watch him this season.
2: It really has. Can't say enough good things about him. It's just uh, it's been a revelation, and I'm glad it's happening in Milwaukee. I'm glad you called that out.
1: Yeah, and and happy it's Javon of all players, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Super, super easy to root for, Uh, unless you're a sideline interviewer. <laughs> no, Zaror is fine. Yeah, zora has yeah.
2: been having some fun with it.
1: Yeah, uh, but uh, it
2: we'd be remiss if we're talking about uh, players stepping up in depth, and we don't talk about the guy who's leading the league in double doubles off the bench this season, time.
1: Bobby buckets.
2: Bobby buckets, and uh, I know I know you have a you you've been workshopping a take for Bobby, so let's hear it.
1: He's become a 1990s basketball player. In the Discord, I dropped in a Tim Thomas 2.0 reference for the, uh, the, the longtime Bucks watchers. The three is just busted and it is kind of a concern. I don't mean to start with the negative with Bobby, but it's like, he, it's like every three is a frozen rope. It's like someone told him you can't go above the backboard. It's out of bounds, which is a thing I did believe as a little kid for a brief amount of time. I was like, I don't know how anyone makes these shots. This is impossible. I I wasn't I it wasn't my main sport when I was very young Rohan don't give me that look
3: <laughs> YouTube just watchers
1: continue. saw me get judged <laughs> continue um, but yeah because of the the three point shot really kind of falling apart for Bobby on the season now thirty two point four percent which is not good and it, it's not it's not like it, with Grayson and we'll talk about Pat a little bit where it's just like. Yeah, he's just, he's, you know, getting into the flow, whatever, he's cold. It doesn't look good. It looks too low. He hasn't had many games this year where he's, like, he's really had, like, good, like, deep volume shooting games. It's not been, like, a couple bad games bringing it down. It's just been, like, the shot doesn't look great. But he's doing everything else really well. The rebounding, as you mentioned, you know, it's tied tied with Giannis for second in the league in double-doubles. Tyrese Halliburton has more, which is awesome. Shout out to Tyrese Halliburton, but the rebound
2: zone—that's
1: right—would be such a good buck. Would just be such a good buck. Maybe someday. But Bobby, the double doubles—it um, speaks to what he's doing on the glass on both ends. Defensive glass work has been better lately. We know what he does on the offensive glass. His post game has been really good. Like he's really able to score from there which he's needed to do. I, I think it's nice to see him become a well-rounded enough player that he can survive this really, really tough shooting. I really hope that, you know, he's able to figure something out with the shooting at some point because this has been kind of tough. And it's not taking a huge toll because everything else has been so good. But I do think, you know, we get to the playoffs, the real season for the Bucks. It will cost them if Bobby's not able to knock down threes at his usual mid to high 30s at least rate.
2: At what point do we start investigating lethal shooter uh for for crimes against Bucks basketball?
1: I'm there. <laughs> I am there.
2: <laughs> uh because it's been, uh, to be fair, one of his clients uh on the Bucks has been doing really well yeah, he with he got, Grayson too. Yeah. But uh Bobby? Yannis? yeah, this. Uh, y- y- <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, we don't know. Giannis, I think, is unconfirmed. I think yes, that's a rumor. I think Grayson and, and certainly Bobby are confirmed.
2: Yes. But yeah, the shot the shot is a little concerning, but what's, like you mentioned, what's been so good is to see him recognize, like, hey, this isn't working out so well, but he's still managing to find ways to be really, really effective. His little turnover, like, his little like half spin into like a face-up hook shot has been money, money this season. That's been his go-to post move. And it's been really, really good, especially on a smaller defender. Um, But he's just been doing really well going inside. He's been uh, run off the line and he knows how to drive, hit that little push shot, that little floater. He's just been super effective. He's been managing to be super effective. If we, like you mentioned, that shot needs to be there for the Bucs to have a very successful playoff run. Uh, that spacing needs to be there, but uh, he still has a lot of time to figure that out. He still has a lot of time to fire a lethal shooter and uh, get back to his normal shooting ways. But uh, even without the shot, I think he's been finding a way to be very, very effective and just very encouraging.
1: One other thing we should mention, by far looking to have a career high in assists per game. With the Bucks. the first two years he was at 1.1 and 1.2 assists per game. His career high was, before this season, 1.7 in his first big kind of breakout year with Chicago. 2.2 so far. And I have noticed, like, he is making better passing decisions in the half-court offense. Like, some of those games where the ball movement is beautiful, Bobby Portis is a part of that. Whereas earlier in his Bucks tenure, his career, more of those possessions are stopping a pass or two earlier, and it turns into... Like a Bobby face up or a Bobby three, if he's not totally open, he's making some good reads, keeping the ball moving. I do think it's beneficial, so I will counteract my somewhat negative stance earlier with that. Spend nice. Yeah, it's been it's been
2: uh, it's been good. Uh, do you do we have any other Bobby takes?
1: No, let's get to Wara versus Bochamp, which I think yeah, is worth it. discussing. I I'll let, I I'll get let it. You go for it. I get it. That's just I I get it. I I don't think. Wara is better. I do think War is the one of the two they are interested in trading in January, which probably matters here. And also, I think it's good to make Bochamp earn the minutes in his rookie year. And despite all the exciting moments, and there were plenty, we highlighted them in film. It is great to watch him get a lot of run early this season before Pat gets healthy, yada, yada. He has like two travels a game. He's had a couple of really cold shooting nights as well. Like it's not like it's been all flawless and I, I didn't, you know, we may have touched on it. I haven't really expected to see him be like a playoff rotation guy this year. I wasn't going to go that far because there are just still some things to be ironed out. And I think we'll see him in the rotation again, not just because of tons of injuries, but I think he'll he'll pop back. But this reminds me of like earlier Bud when he would kind of cycle through the wings when he wasn't totally sure. Like, Marjan got a chance. Wara's getting a second chance after giving them some really good minutes. Like, a week and a half ago now, had some really, really good games. Like, the best games we've he seen did. from Jordan Wara. I think he's now at the tail end of that. Mamu's kind of sneaking in now. I think we'll cycle back to Marjan. I think he'll probably look better than the last time because he's coming along slowly. He's having to earn the minutes, which is how it should work on a good team. So, you know, I don't think Wara is necessarily better. But I do understand wanting to see more of him and you know showcase him a little bit before he becomes trade eligible in mid-January.
2: Ty, you're not supposed to. This is this is usually my thing. You're not supposed to convince me the other way. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, you like I can't I can't argue with the points you're making here. Like it's it's been tough these last couple games. Maybe uh, maybe it's just recency bias. Uh, because, like you mentioned, he did have some very, very, very nice games a little bit ago, like the best games of his career. But uh, what was the what was that one game uh, where he had like yeah, uh, it was it was against Cleveland, the the first Cleveland matchup, where he had uh, twenty one points, yeah, on 56 percent shooting, a
1: steal on the baseline, a couple assists. The assists have been ticking up a bit too. He had two for how long? And he's had multiple multi assist games in the last two weeks.
2: I mean, technically multi assist games. Two is multi. When you have two
1: over like the first 10 games, I will give you two as multiple assists.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's fair. That is fair.
2: Um, Is that a result of him? You know what's crazy is just like, is is that a result of him getting more minutes? Like, if he's playing 10 more minutes per game, is that going to get you like another assist?
1: I mean probably, but no, I'll, I'll say this. Like I just think – I think he's fit in better. After a long time of him just sticking out like a sore thumb all the time, I think this last, you know, tet, like eight games probably-ish – and he's had some bad games in there too. And somewhere – like at least one, I forget, maybe Philly where he just like wasn't fitting in well at all. Maybe, maybe it was Chicago actually. But overall, in this, this recent stretch, it's like, oh, yeah, he's a rotation player, which is, you know, a positive change for Jordan Wara. The issue is he's shooting 32% from two and 34% from three. So he's really not lighting it up, which he kind of needs to. That's sort of his thing. So it's like, you know, could he put the two together? Can he shoot like we've seen him shoot in past years where he's 45% from three and 45% from two? If he could do that, Wall kind of, you know, making the passes and rotating and stuff like he's doing now. I think he could be a real rotation player, but it's a big if. So, you know, I, I don't know if it's goosing trade value or just really wanting to give him a chance after the contract. I'm still not sure what the exact thought process was there, but I do think they're, they're bought into at least getting more of an idea of what he is.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I'm completely on board if it's just a showcase thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what? Go for it. Let's see if we can get some trade value out of that. It's just maybe maybe I'm just drinking the Kool Aid a little bit too much. But on Marjan, it's just, yeah, on Marjan, it's it, easy but to it's do. like it hasn't like there. There's been nothing to really... like. Sure, he's gonna have his turnovers. Sure, like yeah, Wara will too. Uh, it there's been nothing really that I've seen so far where it's like yeah, Wara's clearly better. He's head and shoulders above what Marjan's doing right now, which is why it's like. Why like you brought up the Pat comparison for the wings a few years ago, and that was valid because we saw a lot of times that Pat would just go into these shooting slumps, and then it's like, okay, who is who's the hot hand right now? Wara's not the hot hand right now. Like Marjan went out being the hot hand.
1: He did. Marjon's still five percentage points worse from three, twenty-nine percent. Also is rocking a 0.4 to one point two assist to turnover ratio this season. I do think I do think we look at Marjan with rose colored glasses. I mean, I do. I, sure. I do too. I do too. And, and you know, I've I've said, and if someone may bring this up, I've said there's no there's no we don't ever need to see Wara play above Marjan anymore. I said that, and then Wara had some of the best games we've seen. And I, whether it's the fire being lit under him or whatever, maybe he just figured something out. Who knows. Um, it, it's interesting, but I, I don't mind them kind of battling it out. And then again, when Chris is back and Pat is fully into the rotation, maybe there's a roster move, maybe there's not. We probably don't see either very often, which is sad for development watch, but happy for the Bucks overall chance to win games because both of them are in the negative on plus minus so far. And you can kind of see why. Yeah,
2: it's it, it's something to monitor going forward because yeah. obviously, war is on the downward trajectory right now. We'll see if that continues. I say next uh, next Monday because you guys can expect new Eurostep episodes every Monday.
1: Every Monday, uh,
2: we'll see. We'll circle back to this and see: is Marjan going to be inserted back into the rotation, or is he just going to continue getting uh, spot blocked by uh by by Bud?
1: I bet. Here's my bet. You know, it might change a little just like with availability of other guys. But let's say like given the role that's there for the trio of Marjan, Wara, Mamu, I bet we see Marjan gets to play more in like December. And then around late December and then January, Wara gets the shot again right as he's about to become trade eligible. That would not surprise me at all.
2: Yeah, that that wouldn't really surprise me either, especially considering we know how Bud invo- is involved in front office uh, oh, yeah. dealings. Him and him and Horst have a little, nice little tag team going. Uh and Milton Newton, of course.
1: Yeah. So you're just going to name all the guys? Tony Well, Ballier? I mean, I, fe-
2: <laughs> I felt bad not including That's Milton. Fair. Newton. That's fair. Include
1: Good for us. <laughs>
2: uh, Just randomly Let's name everyone.
3: (laughs)
1: Read off the read off for the books.com. Yeah, what's
2: Dave Dean up to? Yeah, Dave Dave,
1: Dean's (laughs) Dave Dean's super Dave Dean's in there. We know this.
2: (laughs) But yeah, I I think I would uh, I would take that same bet. Just Wara comes back when he's a little more trade eligible. Maybe maybe he takes his own value because he doesn't want to leave.
1: The anti thon maker.
2: Yes. Though uh, Thonmaker didn't have to do a whole lot to. Are you watching the, the Packer
1: up. game? No, I have the score up. But... Oh, there's the score. Yeah. Jordan loves good numbers <laughs> so far. Go listen yeah. to Talk of the Tundra the same day you listen to this, after you finish, of course, and get Newmock and Jordan's thoughts on the brewing quarterback controversy. I made that up. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we'll, we'll see. I can't listen yeah. yet because it's not out, <laughs> but I will be listening. Let's talk about Pat.
2: Yes, let's talk about Pat. We haven't. Uh, we haven't talked about him since uh, he came back. Yeah, I, I think very. He looks uh, like he looks like a guy who just came back from not playing.
1: Yeah, I think he <laughs> looks like Rusty Pat Condon. He's shooting twenty five percent from three. I have no. Er, yeah, twenty five percent from three. I have no concern whatsoever. I think defensively, he's really made an impact, and maybe we're gonna see. Maybe that's you know we've talked about Pat is kind of like subtle, subtle version of Giannis, and that it seems like every year he comes back with something a bit better. If it's just his overall defensive package, that's going to be a huge deal for him and the Bucks this year. And I think he could slide into like being a top six most important Buck pretty easily if he's not already. But yeah, the shot is rusty. He made one of those beautiful like corner falling away, catch and immediately shoot off a high pass. He's good. He's going to be there. He's going to be pat. I have no concerns. Uh, it's fun to watch him be back though, even though the shot isn't totally falling right now.
2: Yeah, it's uh, he he knows how to play. Like I'm not worried at all because he just has so much inbuilt chemistry with this core group of guys that he's going to slot in anywhere. He's the prototypical like role player for this team. You uh, he know, he can slot in like two through four, and he'll be happy with it. He'll hit shots. He'll get open. He'll move around. One thing that I really liked is his off ball movement. That first game he came back, uh, the Blazers game. He just like the when the way he maneuvered around the uh, around the court when he didn't have the ball is like this is what the Bucks have been missing from their wing play. Like War has gotten better at it. Marjan's been doing his thing, but just the way that Pat Connaughton does it out on the court, it's like yeah, this is this is the gold standard in inter- relative to the Bucks. I'll say that. Uh, but it's just so nice to have a guy like Pat Pack out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, it's been great to see. So yeah, certainly expect him to get. You know, knock the rust off, look even better, and yeah, love Pat. Just he's such a good fit, good for the team. I think the only thing we have left really, Chris, or is there anything else I'm forgetting?
2: I think it's just Chris. He's the one. Is uh, the one loose hanging thread at this point? Yeah, that's a saying, right?
1: No, no, no. Loose thread is that it? Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't. It's. I say it's. I don't know if it's a saying.
2: Let me have it.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's the one loose hanging thread. <laughs> okay. Um, Everybody wants to know. Rohan, when's Chris coming back?
2: Uh, Chris is coming back. Uh, let's see. It's the day. I have no idea, Ty. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. No one knows. Chris doesn't know. Bud doesn't, Bud know. doesn't know. John Horse doesn't know. Milt Newton doesn't know. Dave Dean doesn't know. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> no, one does know no one knows. No one knows. Does anyone know when Chris is going to come back, Ty? <laughs> So, it's been, it's, it's, we've had, he's been practicing with the herd. Yep. Uh, recently.
1: That's it. That's here's all the quote. Him. Okay. Here's Eric name of the athletic. Uh, Obviously the best. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I love, love Jim Ozarski. Eric name crushes it. Eric name is really good. I think healthy competition. Eric name's also been doing it for a long time. They're, they're both great. They are both great. And others on the beat are great as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, but you, you know, Eric, I, I have to say it. I have to give proper credit. He deserves that. You know, Eric, if you listen to this anyway, Eric said, is there an idea how many more times Chris Middleton might need to practice with the herd before he's going to be ready to play? Or is there an update on his timeline? He's bud. No, there is no specific timeline, but I will say we're getting closer, which I know is vague and old, but oh, he's, 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 he's self-aware. self-aware. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> He he somebody one of his kids logged on to Twitter and it's like dad there they're tearing you up on the Eurostep podcast over this. He said, "Okay, I'll acknowledge it and then not change it all." Here's the rest of the quote. But I think each time he goes down and gets opportunities, it's another step, another opportunity for somebody that didn't have open gyms, didn't have training camp. There's a lot of things that go into getting ready to play in an NBA game, so he's making good progress. We're thankful we have a herd program. I love that. that's how we, that's a basketball team a functioning. We love that we have a herd program. Um, back to the quote. Have the ability to get him these types of live opportunities. He's making good progress. I do think there. He is making a big deal between the lines here of saying like the readiness to play stuff, which is interesting.
2: It's. It might be like is it, it is it a conditioning thing? Like that's what that's I. It's a lot from of conditioning. It. I mean, he hasn't played since May. April. It, May. It May? hasn't
1: been ten years. Yeah. I mean, it's not, this isn't a Kawhi Leonard situation here. I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm not saying they should rush him back. I just think it's interesting. Especially because we've talked about he's been playing with the Herd for weeks.
2: Like he's, he's been getting actual five-on-five five practices. We think.
1: I don't know if it's we confirmed think. every time. But, I mean, he's getting more practices. He's practicing. He's doing Bucks practices probably. I mean, why not? Well, Bucks, right?
2: Bucks practices don't exist.
1: Yeah, they're very, very rare. But like he's doing that stuff those workouts whatever and then getting more with the herd it's just like we've seen him shooting his wrist thing i do wonder like is it still is the hammy still kind of an issue is are they, we still working on that i don't know it's weird we don't know when he's coming back all of all of what we've heard is good that's all we have to go on outside of the fact of course that he's actually still not back which is not good but you know fingers crossed that he's back soon
2: yeah because even though this team is 14 and 5 and doing really well we've talked about the depth uh, we talked about the defense this team needs Chris Middleton to die this team's not going anywhere significant yeah. without Chris Middleton so oh, I can't get wait, well dude get well soon chris i need to see you just make the opposing fan base so mad like oh chris middleton's a, an a x team killer because he's just an every team killer yep. it's but it's funny because every team thinks it's just them but when chris when in reality chris is just that guy
1: yeah. I, I There's only like maybe two Bucks games this year where I didn't walk away thinking like, yeah, they just needed Chris. And the losses, I'm saying, where it's like, oh, they just needed Chris. And that would have been different. Like I think they just – they weren't good enough against Chicago. They weren't good enough against Philly. But a lot of the others, it's like, yeah, if you had 20 – And even
2: those, those are single-digit losses. Yeah, they're close
1: too. games too. I mean I just think the level of play generally, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. I don't know if just you add in Chris and they just win every game. I don't think that's the case. But I do think, like, they're going to look so much better. Hopefully, Chris can get and stay healthy, which has been kind of difficult for him the last year or so, battling a couple of pretty unrelated injuries. But, you know, I think the way Brooke is looking right now, you totally understand why the Bucks really want to make sure that they've got him to the right place before he comes back. That's why I say, again, not trying to call out in a negative sense, you know, that the conditioning being such an important thing. I get it. And I think, again, looking at Brooke right now, okay, take your time and and make sure you're doing this thing right. It is just like, I'm so excited to watch him play. So, so excited. And hopefully
2: there's a chance next time we talk, Ty. Yeah. So
1: they don't play again until Wednesday. Let let me go over injury report stuff real quick. The day before a game at 5 p.m., I think it's technically 5.30. We actually see it. NBA media sees – that's when teams – by then, teams have to submit an injury report. And it's noon, the day of a game if it's a back-to-back. So – Unless it's like a Woj or Shams bomb, and they get the scoop, if we find out via injury report, it's pretty likely it would be like you know around five, five 6 p.m. the day before a game. So it could be Tuesday night, or if it's noon the day of a back to back. So we'll see. Keep your eyes peeled for that. I keep seeing people get got by like the NBA app will list everyone as a game time decision or something. You know, you, you'll see not how it works. <laughs> you'll see Wode, Shams, Eric Name, Ty Windish, Rohan Kadi, etc., Jim Ozarski tweeting about it. If Chris's status changes, it'll be a big deal. It won't just like float onto an app. Like NBA media sees these things right away when they come out. So um just want to note that as we go here.
2: Yeah, for sure. That's a good call. Uh, don't get don't get fooled. Don't Someone, get caught. Yeah,
1: don't get got.
2: That's uh that's good life advice.
1: Don't get Trevor got. Listen to Cruiser for a bruise. Nice, that's a good reference. And uh, I think, uh, are we we're, we're all done here, Ty? I think we're good. I think we covered it. We'll we'll be back in action later this week to talk more bucks, of course. But I'll let you do this. I'm not good at this part.
2: <laughs> no, you're all good. You you do it when I'm not here. It's all good. Uh, if longtime listeners remember my original outros and how uh, Ty used to compare them to Brooke Lopez uh, meandering <laughs> through the paint, Which because is good it was. Now. It, 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 it's yes, just like <laughs> intros. Oh, thank you. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurosep here on the Eurosep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Make sure you enter the giveaway that Ty mentioned up top. Head into our Discord, which you can find the entry link to at gspn.info. And enter that giveaway in the giveaway channel. And while you're at gspn.info, check out all of the podcasts here on the Eurostep Podcast Network. Talk of the Tundra is going to be going over some juicy uh, Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers. Is this the last time we saw Aaron Rodgers play
1: oh, for man. the Green Bay
2: Packers? Ooh. It might be, Ty. It might be. The streets are telling me that Jordan Love looked really good.
1: QBR uh, is like 150. That's That's never lied before.
2: <laughs> uh so make sure you check that out uh make sure you check out cruising for bruising make time for this win in six of course is on this same very feed but and make sure you are subscribed to this feed uh on your podcast platform of choice leave a five-star rating and review uh subscribe on youtube as well and uh pod random and we'll talk to you next time
4: This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you.